Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. It's the garage guys NASCAR podcast. We are back after a big motorsports weekend fun-filled motorsports weekend lots of storylines lots of narratives lots of news um i'm chase holden and i'm joined by dale tanhart as always who uh who had, had a nice little beach trip this weekend i had a nice little trip to barber so so we got out this weekend we didn't go to dover we didn't make it to dover like we have the last two years we were kind of sad about that Hope all of our guys that we know out in Dover, hope everybody that's in the fam that's listening that did go to Dover had a great time in Lot 10. It was wet. Hope you brought your tarp and your soap for slip and slides. Want to hear all the stories about that, but we've got a lot to unpack from the weekend. Uh, Dale, how are things going in your neck of the woods? Uh, big big day for Martin Trex Jr., big day for prisons. Yeah. We'll go. I know we'll get into it a little later. We can get it into it now if you want, but I don't know what not, I think the people would want. He's not coming out of prison. Not not yet. There's a lot more work to be done. I signed his parole. I signed my I did my part of signing parole papers. The parole papers, I will clarify. Like I did in the tweet, I did say I've signed my part. Dale had to sign his part. You've decided not to sign off, and you have a story to tell about that. And we are aware of that. But but like you said. He took a great step in the right direction, and I can give my defense on why I think he should get out, um, and you can give yours on why you know you think you should give out. I, I think it's only fair uh, for this starting on Dale Center. Th- this all started on Dale Center. I think it's only fair for you to give your stance first, and then I can give mine. I think this is a great place to start this show. Okay, you want you want me? To, you say you want me to go first? Yes, this was born on Dale Center. the The True X Prison was born on Dale Center. You've got it. You've got to paint the picture. Give the story for those that are listening that don't know. Yeah, I think. Well, here's the thing. I'm glad it spread. Right. I'm glad it. Be, I didn't expect it to become a thing to this magnitude where people, random people. I mean, I'm seeing people tweet about the prison reference and they don't even follow me. Like, I click their profile and they're like, "No, follow me." I'm like, "Okay, how do you know about this reference?" Anyway, is I guess because when I started it, it it's it's all due to the heartbreak of betting failures centered around Martin Truex Jr. Since I think I, I tweeted 2021, but this started in 2020. This started like mid late 2020 with him. And after I started that, when I started Dale Center, it was in about August, right? And then the comedic errors just continued with him. Like at Bristol, his car broke. Uh, with like fucking 20 laps to go homestead probably had that race one and gets himself spun out on pit road darling dar oh wait it was darlington where his car broke right and i think his car, car broke, broke at bristol and darlington 
Yeah, right. That's correct. But Darlington was when he was actually winning, running top three or whatever. And, and it goes, it goes even further. Like it, it's not just outright bets with him. It's like he runs top five, top three all day. And like there's a weekend where I hammered him for a top five, and he gets passed on the last lap and finishes sixth. Or it's runs top five all day. I hammer him for a top ten bet, and he gets like a pit road speeding penalty or some shit. And finishes 11th, right? Like, there's nobody else in the sport of NASCAR that I've had this kind of relationship with on the betting side of things. Austin Cindric is the next closest guy. He's obviously in the dead to Dale draft class on Dale Center. But I had to create, like, it, it was so bad that I created a specific draft class just for Martin Truex Jr., which is prison. And no one else has ever even been close to going to prison. So my stance here is like, People are tweeting at me excited, like, yeah, I did bet on Truex. Yes, I bet on him on, like, Monday night, one of the first bets I gave out this week. So uh, I, it wasn't the best betting weekend ever by any means, but hopefully I helped you on betting on Martin. Even though I bet on him and even though he did win, it does not make up for all of the losses he has he has given me in the past two and a half to three years. And I know everybody's excited, like, he's out of prison. He did it. He's out of prison. Whenever I made this, he wasn't on, like, a crazy long winless streak just yet, right? Like, it had been 25 or 30 races. It may have been a little bit more. But he had been knocking on the door of winning all year in 2022. I really thought he was actually going to win uh, at some point after I started Dell Center. Did not happen. The streak's grown into this year. Everybody's excited because he broke out. He broke the streak. He's not out of prison, though. And you you can say that if you want, but it's not your rule, right? It's not your rule. This, this is all, this is selfishly, yes, this is about me. This is about me and my motherfucking frustrations with Martin Truex Jr. on the betting side of NASCAR. Now, today was a step in the right direction. I even acknowledged it on Twitter. I wrote on his little, on his uh, mugshot, eligible for parole and i cited dover 12 to 1 so this is a step in the right direction he's not on parole he's not he's not about to be released he's in the process of potentially getting to parole getting to be on parole he's just not there yet and everybody you're like oh i signed this contract or whatever no 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 fuck that this is my ideal this is my rule all right this is not a democracy, Chase. This is not Dale Center Wall of Dale is not a, a freedom wall. It is a wall of love and hate inspired only by me. Okay. But I you know but, but sometimes I will some like the, a few weeks ago, I did bless your Daniel Suarez top 10 bet. I can't remember what track it was, but I said on the show, Chase has Daniel Suarez top 10. I don't feel good about it, but I will put him on the good side. To bless Chase. So I can use some input on certain things, mm-hmm. but it's my call is the point here. All right. This is not a democracy. Okay. Not a democracy. Dale Center prison, not a democracy. However, as you said, this thing has taken a life of its own. So if everybody is perceiving now that I we all understand where you're coming from now. So now we're gonna we're gonna expand that. 
We're going to expand that from how this started. We all know where it started. We're going to expand it to where we, we are now. There are so many different versions of this prison that he has been in, probably. Some of these people that don't follow you that know about it, uh, you know, the people that do follow you understand it a little bit more. And, and we we get it. And we understand it. And and sometimes what can happen, I feel like, for people is they will automatically assume him being in prison is him not winning. And when you don't win, you're in prison. So he he snapped a 54 uh, race winless streak today, which was, you know, that's a pretty good feat. You know, it's it, a breakthrough, too. Yeah. I yeah, he needed that. And and it's also credit to James Small for telling him to shut the fuck up on the radio today. I will say that I, I love driver, our crew chief to driver bullying. I think that it's important. Chris Hacker even backed me up on Twitter with that, said it's a very important thing. And it worked today. Uh, you know, you, when you have your friends, if you can't make fun of your friends and talk shit with your friends, are they really your friends? That's the way that that I grew up. And that's the way that I see things. But getting back on topic here. So if in the Dale Center world, the Dale Center universe and the prison there, which is a is a part of the Garage Guys multiverse, um, you know, when we're looking at the Garage Guys prison, that is a collective of you and I. We've never created a Garage Guys prison, but, but it doesn't make any sense. We never created other dimensions in the world, but they probably exist. We're just in one right now. We're going to get metaphysical. No, so, if you want to... You, all right do, do, do people get talk. My mic no no cut out when you talk no listen though it do will, people it will, it will suppress my voice that's fine but hold on do people like in real life do people just get locked up out of thin air no there's a prison that was created there's a prison system that was created and then they get locked up and thrown into that prison system and it's not like they just get handcuffed and fucking fly into space and you're like all right here, here's prison it doesn't work like that. You have to invent and create the prison. There's not a garage guy's prison that, that anyone has created. Okay. So, but if time, if time is not linear, as some suspect, this is ridiculous. Some quantum physics have suspected in, in this realm, in this realm, I will say that if I am on this, uh, this hypothetical board, if I'm on this hypothetical parole board, I would have signed off today to say that I approve a parole. That doesn't mean that you approve the parole and you have to have multiple, multiple people agree that he's out. So he's not out in the Dale Center universe. If I'm hypothetically on this board, okay, whether I'm not or I am, but I will say that, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be kind of a nice guy. Like, you know, I've known some people that went to jail, you know, I know sometimes they they were they were fucking up, dude. They got in. They were like, man, fuck this shit. They had a bad attitude. They they stayed in there. They tried. You know, this weekend, his little brother gets his first national series win like ever on Saturday at his hometown track. Now that's another feat. You don't see a lot of guys do really well at their hometown track. It takes some guys a long time. And for Ryan. Shout out to Ryan Truix, by the way. Great friend of the show. Might be might be having him on a garage talk here very soon, so be on the lookout. You know, I'm like, hypothetically, I'm standing outside of this hypothetical uh, prison, you know, and, I, and I'm there with, with Ryan, and Ryan's all excited. He's like, man, I got my win. My brother just won, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I've, I've hypothetically signed on this hypothetical parole sheet. And then he doesn't come out and it's just you and, and you're you're like the warden from Shawshank and you're like, my shoes weren't shined enough today. He's not coming. But that's also like saying, which is fair. I will. 
I will embrace that character in in this situation. He was, I mean, that there was, I mean, that dude, that dude made money moves. I'll say that he did. That's something y'all got in common. He knew how to make money moves. He did. He, uh, he was the one that started the whole work release program. And we talked, I've, I've, I've mentioned that and you've agreed with me on that. He has been on work release every weekend. We've had this man on work release. So you've been making money moves regardless, hypothetically speaking. But, you know, I'm just thinking about that, Ryan, his little brother's happiness and his happiness. I'm like, it's been a long time. But look, man, if you don't sign off, if I sign off and you don't sign off, he, it ain't, he ain't out. It's not, it's, it's not a collective thing. But as in your, in your universe, you're like, no, it's me. I make the call. And you know what? I got I got to respect it. I do have to respect that. We 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 got to respect that in that universe. But there are other universes out there. But we're just here to clarify. Dale was here to clarify that there is only one universe, and, and that's this the Dale Center universe where Martin Trex Jr. is in prison. There there is only one path in and out of prison when it comes to the betting stuff, and it is through Dale Center. There's it was created through Dale Center. And until someone else wants to make their own variation of prison, it is the only existing NASCAR betting prison in the universe. In this universe, you want to make a fucking multiverse acid trip argument? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But I will say maybe maybe we can create a board. Maybe we can create a board. Um, Now, I still get the final say, but at least the board can maybe. uh, I don't even want to. I don't even yeah, you can have a say, but I feel like uh the, the the other members of the board will be like real soft, right? Like you're you're feeling soft about Martin because you're like, oh, it's a cool moment. Ryan won, like let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, no, I don't want that. I don't want no. I, I, I want I want I don't want evil. I don't think what I'm doing is evil. I think it's fair. I want fairness. Some people could think it was evil in some hypothetical dimensions of prisons. All right, uh, you know what? I'm not talking about this anymore. If we're talking about fucking mushroom acid trip universal <laughs> or, or multi universal horseshit, <laughs> it's 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 nonsensical. The bottom line here is, look, I, I've said my spill. It, it the path goes through Dale Tanard on Dale Center on Thursday nights. By the way, uh, Cole Custer gonna be added to the dead to Dale list. And um, who was it? Someone else. Oh, Denny Hamlin's like right on the verge of going to dead to Dale. I mean, right on the verge. And it's because of his pit crew. Yes. But I'm tired of betting on him and confidence on these like short tracks and these tracks, you know, not in super speedways, but you know, the Dover, the Martinsville, the Richmond and just not happening because he loses a hundred spots on pit road. And there's only 36 cars on track and he, he somehow loses a hundred spots. I, it, it's crazy it it was tough for me to watch today because like i took denny i took denny yesterday like after he put his little tweet up or his little instagram post with hasbula on it where he's like look who has the most uh wins on monday like you don't really see a lot of drivers come out and like be like that kind of like cocky confident about it and like in the back of my mind like i've been saying it for years like you know and you remember even last year i was like when, when the dover race got rained out we went to monday i was like mondays are for martin like it, it like I knew it in the back of my mind and I should have known better. Like I could have got him at better odds. I bet him live today. I bet Martin live at like plus four fifty, like right, like right around stage two, stage three or whatever. Like as soon as the odds open back up, I'm like, this motherfucker's fast. 
Like, James Smalls on his ass. Like, he's going to find a way to get around Ross. Like, this is going to happen. And it did. And, and it was just awesome. But it's like a movie, right? Like, it's it's one of the – it was it really was a narrative bet. Like, because it's like – think about the storyline now that we get for the week. Like, they're added – like, the like Ryan and Martin are now the fifth set of brothers to sweep a NASCAR weekend. That's history right there. He joined very select company. I think it was the Bush brothers that have done it. The Wallace brothers have done it. The Walter brothers have done it. Um, and and I, I don't know, or some other guys that there has to be some other guys, like at least two more other. Sets. I didn't see the list. I think are Bobby and Terry on there. Um, I, I don't think so. I, they would have had to be in the two different series. I had it pulled up online. Um, there was, well, a yeah, stop. Bobby, Bobby was, I mean, won a, won a Bush series championship in the early nineties while Terry was in cup. So I figured that would be possible. It could have been. They had, I don't know. Here we go. Let's see. The Bush brothers did it in 06, 09, and 2010. Rusty Wallace won cup races at Dover and Bristol in 1994. Mike Wallace won the second tier race at Dover, and Kenny Wallace did it at Bristol. The Waltrips did it at Darlington in 1992. Ward Burton won a cup race in 2001. Oh, with Jeff. One of his race at Darlington. That was from Associated Press. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the list right there. That's the guy. So Warden Jeff were the ones we were thinking about, not the Labonte brothers would have been dope for the Labonte brothers though. That's surprising. Bobby was good. I mean, Bobby, while, while Terry was in cup, Bobby was, I don't know how many races he won, but he had a, he had a good stretch where he won a title, um, in the early nineties while Terry was in cup when he was in the Bush series. But, uh, yeah, no, I, it, it really is a super, super cool, special moment. You know, outside of all jokes aside, you know, I tweeted this out as condensed as I could make it. All jokes aside of the betting and the betting commentary and the betting shtick, it is awesome. Like the this weekend and Monday, it's a win for the people and for the underdogs, right? Because if you're familiar with Truex's coming through the rankings and the struggles he went through once he got to the Cup Series, like. The timing of everything Martin Truex did was always wrong. Like life is always about being in the right place at the right time. Truex like was the opposite of that in the first decade of his career, and uh, in the Cup Series at least, you know, close to a decade up until he got the Furniture Road deal, and that was when everything finally clicked, right place at the right time. Uh, similar to his story, similar to how Dale Jarrett kind of came on strong in his early mid thirties, right? Like it's a win for the underdogs and it's a really cool story considering that and considering what Ryan's been through in his pursuit of a successful NASCAR career as well. And it comes at a track where in 2012 infamously lap cars ruined the race for him while he was leading had a big lead with, 10 eight laps to go and got passed by Joey Logano because a couple lap cars like just completely got in the way and fucked his race up. So it's a cool redemption spot adding on to the fact that it is their home track. That's the thing for me. Like the fact that it happened at their, cause I don't think any of these brothers swept at their home track. Yeah. Like that does not like that just doesn't happen, man. Like that's huge. Like they're Jersey boys. They got it done right there in Dover. It's the closest one to them. So it's like, that that to me like tr- like like 
just is the biggest triumph out of all of, of these guys. So I feel like they should definitely be at the top of the board when it comes to the brothers sweeping a weekend. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And then adding the winless streak to Martin as well, right? Like that's another that that makes it even more special when you consider everything we mean you just stated and then the winless streak there for Truex in the Cup series. So yeah, it, it's a win. It's a win for the people, right? The weekend as a whole is a win for the people because you consider everything that's happened in their careers, the situation of this weekend. It's a super, super special moment for the, for those guys. Yes, sir. And so moving on from there, uh, the Cole other Custer is so dead to me, by the way. I, I just cannot get over that. I forget Cole Custer exists sometimes now. Is that bad? He's like, I mean, NASCAR drivers. I, I We all thought he would be great coming back down to the Xfinity Series where he was amazing. And I, I went all in on him on Saturday. And mm-hmm. I mean, just. Oh, I don't even know what's I'm speechless. It's so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't get to check your Xfinity card. Uh, we were in route going to Birmingham this weekend, which by the way, it will give a little quick rundown on that. Shout out to, uh, Barber Motorsports Park in Birmingham, Alabama, just to quickly shift over to IndyCar before we head back to the NASCAR race today. Uh, shout out to Scotty Mack, Scott McLaughlin got the win overtook Roman Grosjean. Uh, right there towards the end of the IndyCar race after uh, Grosjean ran out of some push to pass. And uh, and that was a huge win because a lot of these guys talk about Barber. Barber was pretty much made to be one of these tracks for, like, bikes. So the straightaways, they talk about how hard it is to pass there. It's grueling on tires. So he really acts that out right here before the month of May, which is huge for him. I know how much he has his sights set on that Indy 500 in that Pennzoil car. Lots of legends in that Pennzoil car back in the day. And I know you know all about that, but mm-hmm. it was a fantastic. It's a very weird motorsports part, too. Like, it's beautiful as hell, but they got some really weird fucking sculptures out there. Like, they have this woman. If you go on my Instagram and you go check out my my picks from the weekend, I had some, uh, and not like my betting picks, but did bet on Scotty Mack. I think Dale did, too. So we had a great indie Sunday. Hope everybody got to watch that race. But go look at the pictures on my Instagram, guys, at Garage Guy Chase, and you'll see at the very last picture of the 10 photos that I had on there, there's this lake right in front of the fan zone area. There's just a woman's head and two legs up like she's giving birth in the water. There's fucking the spiders and ants made of iron. There's like these weird demons riding motorbikes pulling their faces off. Like it's a very weird atmosphere when it comes to the sculptures but one of the announcers compared it to the augusta of motorsports and i have to say after going out there and seeing it i could definitely see why they would say that because it is just breathtaking how beautiful it's like mountains all around it full of trees the track is fucking clean beautiful the facility is just amazing so um, if you, if you don't go to Dover one weekend, you, you want to kind of move over to the IndyCar side on, a on during the, the weeks when NASCAR is out here, they got an extension through 2027, go check out Barbara Motorsports Park, go to the Children's of Alabama Indy Grand Prix. It's a great race. It's a fun time. And, uh, I loved, loved it, loved it. Yeah, that was the most entertaining race of the weekend in anything we saw. Formula One was 
a snooze fest, but shout out to Sergio Perez. Um, cup series race. I thought the cup race was a good race. Like we really didn't talk. I know we'll, we got some, a couple storylines to talk about, AKA thanks Ross, but um, the cup race is a good race. Xfinity race. I thought was kind of a snoozer, um, but the IndyCar race was very compelling, very interesting. And I, I still think right now that the IndyCar series, you know, I've, I've, said this a lot last year too i think the indycar series has become like the best of all worlds when it comes to a pure motorsports competition right like i think you get the best of both worlds when it comes to formula one and nascar it's very competitive you have a lot of youth you have a lot of very talented youth in the series right now and scotty mack is in that equation after he's come over from the v8 supercars and he's he's been a stud, right? Pato Award, stud. Marcus Erickson, stud. Ro, uh, Romain Grosjean, he's he's getting better and better and knocking on the door of a win. And then, of course, you got the juggernauts of Will Power, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden still there. So it's a very, very talented roster of drivers, and the racing is very exciting. Also, I, f- I love their broadcast crew. Like, Another credit to NBC, like the NASCAR group, the NASCAR broadcasters are great. The IndyCar broadcasters the last few years with Lee Diffie leading the charge, also great. Very, very compelling stuff going on in IndyCar, and it's the best time to get into it right now because other than February, which is my favorite month of the year for uh, Daytona 500, Super Bowl, and my birthday, May is my next favorite month of the year because of the Indy 500. And month of May starts now. Indy road course race to kick everything off. Then you get more test sessions and practice sessions for the Indy 500. And then the greatest spectacle in racing, the greatest motorsports event on planet Earth. And no one can convince me otherwise. The Indy 500 at the end of the month on Mm. Memorial Day weekend. I'm just so fucking excited. It's everybody's got to experience it. Uh, you, You were telling me earlier before we recorded, you watched the the first episode of the new vice documentary. Yeah. Talking about the IndyCar stuff. Yeah. So I got to check that out. It was, uh, it's on Vice. It's going to be coming on the vice channel and it's on the CW. A lot of people were like, I didn't even know the CW still existed. You know, it's I was- called 100 days to Indy. Yeah. 100 days to Indy. This show is all about kind of like starting at St. Pete leading up to the Indy 500. So they're going to be covering all the races that we you haven't seen yet. Like next week is going to be where they cover Texas, where Joseph Newgarden got the win. Then they're going to cover Kyle Kirkwood's win um, out there at Long Beach. And then, of course, they'll they'll wrap up, get closer to the 500 week as they'll cover Barber from this past weekend. Then they, on May 13th, they have the GMR Grand Prix, which is the Indy Road Course race before the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. And so that'll probably be the last episode. I think this is a great, uh, a great strategy for them because you're getting it streaming. You know, if you have like the, if you have like cable or Hulu, whatever, like you can get Vice and watch it that way. If you have like, like coax cable still in this day and age, which I'm one of those weird people who don't have internet in my house, I have coax cable. So I'll watch it on the CW. But it, it it was really good, man. And, I mean, it shows off the driver. Like, this is all about getting to know the drivers, right? If you get to know the drivers, you understand their personality, you find relatability. And that's what 
we need to figure out for NASCAR. F1 figured that out with their show on Netflix. You you get people to relate to these drivers. That's how fan bases are created, and that's what gets people to races. They're doing an excellent job of that. They opened up. They had, like, Scotty Mack on there. Scotty Mack was kind of, like, the main focus. So my child is eight years old. He sat there and watched that entire episode with me, actually became a Scott McLaughlin fan just from watching that episode. He was so excited to meet him this past weekend. And, uh, and, and so if you haven't watched it yet, go check that out right now. It's going to be great to watch, but it was awesome, man. Kind of getting to relive the St. Pete weekend, uh, through that lens, through more of a dramatic lens, you know, where Marcus Erickson got that win, Pato messed up something. I think he ended up hitting a limiter instead of hitting his push to pass or whatever. When Marcus Erickson had that overtake, which was devastating for our bets that day. But still an amazing time, and it just reminded me how much, like, I loved St. Pete, and I can't wait to go back next year. Yeah, I, um, you know what fucking sucks, though? Today, Vice announced that they're filing for bankruptcy. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I love IndyCar. I do. But that fucking sucks, man. Like, what awful timing. What awful timing for that to happen. You the know? good news is that they, they will have this show. and I It's, it's going to be done, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think they did it perfect because it's going to be kind of a short-ran show, and it's leading up to the biggest race in the world. And that's what people know when they when people think IndyCar, they think the Indy 500. And that's where things have been for a while now. However, we you know, as uh, I feel like you and I both can agree, we want to see more people get into this series. And I think this is going to be a great gateway to get people to that 107th running of the Indy 500 and then to keep them hooked, because there's going to be some great races after that. I mean, you've got the Detroit Grand Prix. That's going to be the weekend We're, we'll be at Worldwide Technology Raceway for the NASCAR race that weekend. I think that's that's going to be a fantastic race. Can't wait to rewatch that one. And then you're going to have the race at Road America after that. You got Mid Ohio, Toronto. You're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, you're going to come up to, we're going to go to the Iowa, the Hyvee home front, 250. And that's going to be a two, two race weekend right there. And then they got a couple other races after that, Nashville. Uh, you know, it, so. It is, it's going to, this show is a great gateway to get people hooked to watching and then following these drivers on social media. That's what it's all about. And and I can't wait to see the future build with IndyCar. And I think there's a lot more great things to come. Just remembering the hype that we had when they had the truck series at Texas uh, a couple weeks back when they had the IndyCar race there on Sunday. I remember seeing like all the NASCAR truck series people that were there just talking about how amazing it was. Twitter was blowing up because it was like, for me, it's like you and I, you've been watching the Indy 500 for years. And to and, and most people, when they see these cars, they think road course like Formula One. But when you see these cars on an oval, man, oh, my God, it is amazing. And people got to see that because it was some great racing in Texas in the IndyCar series. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's the thing, like you have a lot of uneducated Formula One fans that are just snobs. And they're also very, very unintelligent who just call IndyCar like a knockoff Formula One series. And it's just they they literally know nothing about it but i will say about texas that is that was a, a a flashback almost of what oval racing used to look like in the indycar series before they brought the the aero screen which kind of created a big dirty air problem but it seems like they've made a lot of good changes and uh oval racing outside of indianapolis might be a lot better this year than it was in years past 
the Indy 500 also always has great racing. I mean, just, just, you know, I can't talk good, uh, good enough about the Indianapolis 500, the event, the race, it's all spectacular. And I don't want to, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. We, we, we don't have to, we can end it right here. I just got to say, if it wasn't for you, man, I would have never known. I'll never forget sitting in that RV in 2021. I wasn't even going to go. You were there with all your, your buddies and, and we had one of the guys that were on the crew that were with us come and get me. And, uh, you know, I was all like NASCAR, NASCAR, 600 tonight. I'm just going to chill here, wait for it. Cause I didn't have a ticket. Ended up finding a way to get a ticket and then didn't even have to have the ticket to get in there. They wanted to pack the stands out and I'll never forget watching those cars, the way that they were just lined up coming down, dude, it changed my life forever. Um, and yeah, it, just, you got to go back to a packed one because that one was half capacity and there are more people there than half capacity, but that was, it was just seeing those, those cars. It was my first time ever seeing an Indy car, like in person on a racetrack, a car that wasn't a stock car like NASCAR it, in that type of environment. I remember just tripping out to you about the trees, <laughs> like the fact that there were trees, like, I'll never forget that, man. It was just, yeah half a golf course on the inside of the speedway. But I, last thing I want to say about Indy before we move on, Scott McLaughlin, credit the book of road for, for the win, please, please credit book of road for when you touched it and you won. It doesn't matter when you touch the book of road. And now you have won on road in 2023. And you know, you know, another guy that has touched the book of road, is a uh, Ross Chastain. Yeah. He had a uh, pretty eventful day today. Yes, he did. Let's get into that. Let's get back to Dover. That was a great IndyCar segment on this NASCAR podcast, and I think it was well-deserved. More people need to watch IndyCar. But, yeah, Ross Chastain, man, um, just adding to the list of memes that have been created, Fox has already created a segment for this man. Thanks, Ross. Um, he is just getting all of the hate and the hurt. I, I don't know if we've checked on this man's mental health, but, uh, but I hope it's, I hope he's got a tough mental. I will say that because this man is just being shit on and it's hilarious to watch for the fans. But today, like he just got right up in the back of Brennan pool. Didn't give a fuck, turned him, took out, uh, Kyle Larson, um, I had, I got a couple of text messages from, from some guys that we know that bet on Kyle today. And they were just like, what the fuck? Like they don't, they don't watch NASCAR as much cause they have other things they're doing on Sunday. I'll leave it at that. But they were just like, what the fuck, man? Like, what is wrong with that guy? Like all the rumors are true. Like they're, they're seeing it. Like it was unnecessary. And by the way, Brennan pool's got great hair, man. Reminds me of sugar Ray. From back in the gap great hair on that guy but it, you just can't do shit like that dude it's like he had to know his spotter had to let him know that kyle was right up there on on the the high bank coming around and it, it almost seems like it was a targeted attack yeah i mean it, it was just a misjudgment but it it does get to a point where it's like when is when is sorry just bullshit right like he's always he always has that stance after he causes these accidents where he's like, I didn't mean to fuck like my bad. I fucked up. Like, you know, I'm going to go make it up and talk to the guys, go apologize. But like, you know, actions will always speak louder than words, like simple life lessons. So all these words, like 
for a little while, for the first few times, they can mean something. But until your actions represent the words you speak, then it's just going to, there's going to be a lack of respect there, right? So there's one side of it. But also it's like, dude, this is the kind of shit Dale Earnhardt always did, man. And he's still the closest <laughs> to the modern day, uh, you know, to today. He's the modern day Dale Earnhardt. I mean, the closest, closest there is to what Dale drove like in, in his era. But the difference is now today, like, you know, there, there's definitely less etiquette than there was in the 90s. So these guys will get payback and they will they will do they will go out of their way to prevent him from having success. But, you know, like it sucks because I, I did fucking put the house on Larson in a head to head matchup over William Byron. Six and head to head at Dover lifetime has just been so much better than Willie B at Dover over the years. And I think if that race plays out with Larson in it. Larson beats Willie B and he honestly he probably wins the race because he had a rocket ship but who knows because Hendrick did kind of fade at the end regardless it's a tough pill to swallow because it was you know it dictated how successful my my Monday was going to be on the cup series side yeah but I think my my favorite part about it all is like these guys like you know going back to Denny Hamlin last year like they continuously try to get him back in these ways where they get in front of him and block him and fuck with him and try to slow him down. And he just never gets any negative consequence ever. Like he finds a way around it every single time. Like he still finished second. And I know Kyle Larson said that in his interview, he was like, he never gets any negative consequence for his actions. And it's so true, but it's even funnier when these guys try to get payback on him and race him very, very, you know, just race him like a dick in retaliation. And he still just never has anything bad happen. It, it is so funny. That but, was the biggest thing today we were on. Have you checked out dailydownforce.com yet? If you haven't, I want you to go right now to dailydownforce.com and get yourself some official Garage Guys merch. If you consider yourself a true loyal Garage Fam member, then you're going to need to show it off to the world. You can buy yourself a Garage Guys rope hat, a Garage Guys trucker hat, an official Garage Guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club, you can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com Now back to the podcast. So we were on playback, which, by the way, if you haven't watched a race on playback, it's playback.tv slash garage, guys. I try to make sure when I'm home uh, every NASCAR Cup Series race, I'm on their broadcast and had a great little chat going today. And we were talking about that. Like, as soon as they were lapping the cars, you saw Kyle Larson there. Kyle just gets right up in front of him, dude. He's just like, I'm just going to take all of the air away from you. Let Martin run. And then after he gets out of the way, here comes Ross again. Like, he had a good car. And then, you know, he ran into some of the Toyota teammates. He ran into Tyler Reddick, did the same thing. Ty Gibbs almost wrecked trying to keep him from Martin, which he got, they got up into the wall. He got kind of squirrely. I thought that Ty was going to lose it. And, uh, and so, yeah, seeing like those kind of things, it was, it's just hilarious. Cause it's like, he it's, it's Ross Chastain against the world. 
And that's really what this has become. And so you got to kind of love that. Like you said, if you were a Dale Sr. fan, like it was Dale Sr. or bus. Like it was Dale Sr. against the world. And that's kind of what we're seeing now with Ross. And I think with Ross, the one thing that that he and he has a ton of time to do it is just the wins, is stacking the wins, getting the big wins, getting there in big moments. Trackhouse being a newer team, uh, I do think that he's got a really bright future ahead. I think that he is going to to be somebody that could potentially, if if he can keep himself, you know, from being punched in the face and getting blinded, uh, you know, by how hard of a hit he might take. You know, this man, this man could put together a really great career and possibly um, end up. I don't want to I don't want to get too crazy, but I mean, if he if he puts together the big strings and he gets the big races and and he uh, and, and he makes his moves, he, he could end up being a Hall of Fame driver. Who knows? Uh, we're a long way away from that, but he does have the grit. I will say that he he's out there and he knows that he has a job to do and his job is to win and. Uh, you know, the whole track house team. I mean, they're making a fucking album. Pitbull's making an album. He's about to come to more races so they can make music videos. They got a whole marketing strategy around this. They got a great squad and got a great teammate in Daniel Suarez who are, unfortunately got taken out earlier in the race. And, you know, I just, I, I love track house. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're the modern day DEI, I guess you would say. And it's kind of weird. It went from DEI to Chip Ganassi and to track house. So well, I wouldn't is- say that. I mean, it's not, I don't think they really fit the DEI persona. Like, yeah, they got the remains of what DEI originally was, but I don't think soul. The the soul is there, but it's just in a new form. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's still not similar to DEI. The only similarity here is Ty Norris is involved and they got the remnants. They might have a couple other guys who had something to do with it. I don't think Dale Senior was Mr. Worldwide. All I'm saying, the, the, the other similarity I was going to say is what I said earlier, is that D- Ross continues to race similarly to how Dale Earnhardt raced. And it's funny, though, because some people look at it that way, and then others look at it the way, like, Brad Keselowski was in the early portion of his career when he kept getting into these scrums on track where he was running over people. The drivers all were rallying against him whether it was Gibbs or Hendrick or Kevin Harvick, like he had such a rivalry with so many different people and teams because of how he drove. Right. And what did it too, right? Wasn't Logano kind of in that same. Yeah. And well, Logano would it's Logano got pushed around his first couple of years and just wasn't scared to get out and go try to yell at somebody. Right. Now, Logano did eventually develop a rivalry with every single Joe Gibbs racing driver, Kenseth, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, uh, and who else? Don't forget Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart hated the shit out of that man. Yeah, and then Tony Stewart, that was, uh, what, 2013? So, yeah, Joey Joey was similar, but Brad Kay was on a different level uh, in that era of, of of the way he raced. And he ended up getting the shit beat out of him in that scrum with Jeff Gordon in in fall of 2014. And Brad, you know, I I think over time as he matured and and got a little bit older, has kind of gotten away from that. Brad kind of doesn't race that way anymore like he did in the early mid-teens. So you can kind of look at it the way that's cool, which is Dale Earnhardt, or you can look at it the 
the way that a lot of people didn't think was cool, which was Brad K. But regardless, like I think the times have just changed so much, not just from the driver etiquette, because they're not going to let him keep doing this. Right. But from even the fans too, right? Like if this was Ross Chastain in the nineties doing this, there's probably a lot more people that start becoming bigger Ross Chastain fans because of it. It was more accepted to race this way back, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Now it's, and even I, it's, I'm the same way. Like, and I feel like I've adapted pretty considerably well as a current race fan. Like, I don't like to see that. I do not like it. I'm not for it when it comes to running over a lap car on lap 60 or lap 80 of 400, right? That's a problem. That's a problem. And it took out a race winning contender. Like that, that's just shit that just cannot happen. Like even, of course, I'm even more mad because I got money on Larson. But even if I didn't, I'm sitting here like, dude, what the fuck are we doing, Ross? Like, we got to figure this out. You got to be you got to have better judgment. And it all just goes back to actions speak louder than words. Yeah, I, I think the main thing is, is like it was a lot more acceptable to be a dick back in the day. I mean, oh, and then Earnhardt, you want to make the Earnhardt. Earnhardt, I feel like wasn't much of an apologist, right? He just did no. it and was like, yep. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and so that made it okay because he was like he was like the legend or the hero. But yeah, we just live in such different times. Like and it makes you think about it now. Like if if Twitter and Instagram and everything else would have existed back in the nineties, like who knows? I, I feel like he would have been like, throw your phone in the trash and set it on fire. I don't give a shit. You know? Like that would be him. That would be the senior. So there's a part of me, but like, yeah, when, when it comes to just like, like getting up in, in the ass of like someone like Brendan Poole and like turn them like you, you when, especially when you understand like how hard it is for them to put together a car, the money that it takes for them to be out there. They're doing that for passion. It's just kind of like, why, you know? Yeah. Like, Brendan was, was actually, and I know the three car RCR was not great today, but he was racing Austin Dillon for position. I mean, in a passing position, running his own race, right? So, I mean, that that makes it even more frustrating for a guy with limited opportunities in Cup. You know, we talk about the frustration on Larson's side, but the frustration with Brennan running with a top-tier team about to pass him in limited opportunities, and he just gets fucking dumped, you know? And he, he has some choice words after the race, too. He said he should get his ass beat. So, no, I mean, no, he didn't say that. He said he should get a quote unquote butt whooping. This grown uh, man okay, I, that, that's the same. Okay, yeah, I see, I see. yeah, it, it is kind of funny to say it that way. Yeah, it is, it, it is. But that we, we talked about that on the playback stream. But yeah, the, the thing for me is like if Ross would have done this to a guy that's kind of like tenured and he's you know, uh in in a good situation where he knows he's locked into a to a car and it's a good team i feel like that's more of like what dale junior i mean dale senior was about like you know he it, it, you didn't really see him like worry too much about the guys that were just trying to grit it out because dale senior was one of those guys that grew up gritting it out and so yeah you just can't do that kind of stuff like if he would if that would have been somebody like i don't know like ty gibbs or uh you know I don't know. It doesn't really make it right, I guess. Maybe like Chris Busher or, or whatever else. Like one of these guys that are kind of locked into their position. They got their money. They got their stuff. Maybe it's a little bit more acceptable if they had some kind of conflict or beef. But 
not somebody that's trying to claw and, and you know tooth and nail to 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 make it and to to be in this sport that way that that Ross is, you know. I don't think the car matters here. I, I think it's just the situation. Like if this happens with twenty or thirty to go because you're being held up by a lapper and you're you know you're trying to get, you know you're just trying to do the best you can to keep up with the leader or whoever's in second or whoever's in third. Yeah. That's one thing. It's just so early to make a bad calculation that way. And I, I keep going back to the action speak louder than words. It makes it worse. I think that Ross keeps, and I do think he's being genuine. I, I, I think he is always like, damn it. Why am I doing this? Like I'm messing up. I'm making this mistake. Like I think he's being genuine, but I'm sure everybody in the garage is just kind of looking at him, you know, and I, this is an assumption. It's not even an assumption. It's just like a potential. Uh, it makes sense if drivers were this way. I think there's a chance that drivers could be looking at these interviews, you know, like Kyle Busch and and Seabell and Denny, and just being like, "He's fake. He's fake." Yeah, I'm not saying that they're saying that. I don't want to assume that they are, but it makes it more likely that they would look at that and be like, "He's fucking fake." Because his his he's acting like an apologist and doing all this, but he's continuously making bad miscalculations on the racetrack. You know what I mean? So it's a tough deal for him. Like you you open it with like I hope his mental's okay. I mean the dude continues to run up front, right? Like continues to run up front, competing for wins, uh, pretty often has really really fast race cars. I think he's fine. He's just got to stop making making bad moves and miscalculated errors especially like you know as early as it was in that race man it's one thing if it's late but you know that that there was no reason to do something like that we just need to sage him we're gonna bring some sage we're gonna clear all of his negative energy we're gonna bring some sage to the track we'll light it up we'll, we'll, we'll smudge a little bit you know get his head straight and then then we'll really figure out what the deal is if we sage him he should have a full reset and then you know I, i'd be saging myself sometimes if, if i find myself slipping into negative head spaces and it's a full reset and if he if we do that and then he gets back on the track and does this again then he is just sinister and wants to watch the world burn and i think yeah and then it's gonna it's gonna take a kenseth v logano type of moment yeah. when everything's on the line to potentially make him change his change his ways right and and not be so aggressive and nascar can't find that person because they have to understand they have to understand the law yeah some people do there's some people on twitter that are like god damn it fucking find them or penalize them or something like when is it enough yeah, i mean it's a mistake i don't think he wrecked him on purpose no no i like ross man i, I do I, as a person i like ross i think he's a fun guy fun personality i mean he's only a couple years into this in the Cup Series, I think a lot of people have to remember that. I mean, you know, you, you look at a person and you judge them by their age and stuff, but you, you got to remember, man, he's not that deep in, into this thing. It's not like he's someone like Brad Kay or Martin Truex that have been in here forever, like a veteran running around. Like, they're going to make mistakes. Get them out of the way early and you're good to go. And so maybe we'll just leave it at that for there. But 
ultimately the race today, we talked a little bit about Brad K and stuff. Shout out to them. Uh, Brad and Chris both got a top 10 shout out to Josh Berry, uh, taking over for Alex Bowman for the next four weeks after that really bad crash that he was in, in the, the sprint, uh, sprint car race. He, uh, he carved out a top 10, which it could have been a top five. I put a unit on Josh Berry for a top five today because of his Xfinity record and because of the closeness with these tracks and the cars. Uh, didn't quite get there. I wish he would have pitted a little early, but uh, shout out to him for that top 10. And then also uh, Ryan Blaney, dude, P3 at a track that he has not been that great at. They He seemed to be a lot stronger, and I, I kind of wanted to talk with you about that because you and I have debated back and forth about Ryan at Dover and and it, what what did you think about that run out of him today, man? Well, even more puzzling is that his teammates were fucking trash. Yeah. I mean, Joey had – that's a as bad of a race that Joey Logano could have anywhere. I mean, just – five laps down. In consistently this. blowing out tires. I mean, that car was just – oh, it was wicked in the worst way possible. And then Austin Cindric, who struggled here last year uh, – when he crashed also was a non-factor three or four laps down too. So that makes it even more puzzling, but I will say that Blaney did have track position early and never got in a bad spot where he lost his track position where it seemed like he ran up front the whole race. So yeah, I think it's also just, we, we talk about Martin breaking his win streak. Blaney is on that winless streak too. He's at like 56 races and He's been closer than Martin when it comes to knocking on the door of winning. And I think it's a testament to this team getting better. It's Blaney getting better. I mean, these guys got to be so, so hungry after all these top threes, runner-ups they keep having. And, uh, yeah, I was very surprised. I was definitely very surprised. I wasn't as surprised with RFK. They, They were pretty good here last year. Brad K didn't get the finish he deserved in that race, but yeah, both him and Busher ran top 10. I mean, almost the whole race, the exception was when Brad K got that pit road penalty and he still drove his all the way back up to what? Seventh, seventh or eighth. So good for them. Hendrick motorsports was the big shocker to me. Obviously William Byron led a bunch of laps and then faded when the temperatures, the conditions changed. Um, Chase Elliott, that's the most baffling is that he was a complete non-factor the whole race. I was, we were talking in the, in the discord. In addition to what happened with Larson, you know, Elliot and Larson having the finishes they had at, at Dover today is ridiculously rare from a statistical standpoint. Yeah. I mean, so fucking rare. They're, they both have been so, so good here. And obviously Larson had the wreck, but when Chase Elliott doesn't get in an accident or blow an engine, he has been phenomenal at Dover. So, Really shocking there on the Hendrick Motorsports side, but uh, I think the big story here, other than the story with Martin and the Truexes, is that uh, Toyota was just the the guy. Overall, Toyota was the best. I mean, every single one of their guys was running top ten, top fifteen, virtually the entire day. Well, Toyota is inside of the top ten today. That was Martin Truex Jr. who finished P one. We had Denny finishing P five, Chris Bell P six, Tyler Reddick P seven, and then uh, Ty Gibbs ha- was running top five before they told him. Which I can't believe this happened, but he was seven laps short on fuel after they pitted that for that last time, and he had to save, and he lost 
all his track position because of that. He was running top five. Mm-hmm. And then who were you missing? Bubba Wallace was, you know, top 15 most of the day. So they were all up running competitively on the lead lap for the most part of that race. So Toyota made a big statement heading to Kansas. Yeah. Where Toyota was amazing last year. So good momentum. That is very great momentum. And speaking of Kansas, I think it's a great segue to go ahead and get into it. So odds have dropped on Barstool Sportsbook for the Advent Health 400. And Caesars. Uh, and Caesars. So we do have Caesars odds. Okay. Uh, when I checked last, all I saw was Formula One on Caesars. So if you do have some, if you hear me, my picks that I have taken, I have already taken two outrights. I think you have as well. Um, mine did come off of the Barstool sports book. I know that, uh, there's one that we are in collective, uh, on, which is, uh, Daniel Suarez plus 4,000, which I think is, uh, is pretty wild for him to be right back there at that plus 4,000 odds mark after showing some of the intermediate track success they've had earlier in the year. Um, I think he had two top 10 finishes at both Las Vegas and at auto club. Uh, then the other bet that I went ahead and logged that I do feel good about, he didn't have maybe the greatest run that he could have at Dover this week, but I went ahead and took chase Elliott at plus 1100. So 11 to one for chase Elliott. Uh, he finished second at auto club. I think that could be considered a comparable track to Kansas. He needs a win bad coming off of the leg injury. Uh, and, and he has, uh, he, he's done it here before. And I think that he's been able to carve out some decent finishes here. I remember a couple years back watching some races where he was up around the way. So I do like Elliot at 11 to one here, kind of rare to see him outside of that. Plus, you know, the, the plus over the plus 1000 mark, uh, opening up on the odds, uh, just because of his name alone, I feel like half the time. So that's the two guys I'm on early, and there's a lot of other guys that I'm looking at seeing here I'm sure we'll dive into. But uh, other than Suarez, who's your guy that you have went ahead and uh, pulled the trigger on for this race? Yeah, so Suarez, 40-1, to 1, I think is a good bet if you just go back and watch the spring race here last year. Watch Michigan as well. Uh, Michigan is a, is a really good sister track to Kansas. Las Vegas, pretty good sister track to Kansas as well. But Daniel Suarez had a rocket in the spring racer last year, but we had, we consistently were having the tire issues and he was a victim of the tire issues in this race last year. Uh, finished 10th in the fall. Still nobody I think was a match for the 23 XI guys and Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. But uh, Suarez, as you said, this year has had some decent intermediate success last year. Had a few races where he was a rocket on the intermediates, just like his teammate Ross Chastain. So I think 40 to 1 is a sneaky play for sure. That's on Barstool. If you go look on Caesars, you're looking at 30 to 1 for Daniel Suarez or 35 to 1. Uh, I can't remember what, what price it is there. 30 to 1, looking at it right now. Daniel Suarez, I think, is probably the best underdog on the radar to start out this week. And then yeah, I there's been some debate in the discord, but Tyler Reddick at nine to one on Barstool is still available, still available. Um, I think that's a good line. I think that is a good line for him compared to seven and a half to one on Caesars. Look, 23 XI swept these, the Kansas races in 2022, just absolute rocket ships at this racetrack. 
And now you add Tyler Reddick, who is a mile and a half juggernaut to the team that was the best at this particular track in 2022. It's a scary combination because you're potentially adding, you're potentially having the best driver in the best car. And he's sitting at nine to one. I understand valuing the Hendrick guys as the favorites because Larson and Byron ran away at Las Vegas, which is the best comparable racetrack that we have in 2023. Um, but nine to one, I think is the best you're going to see on Tyler Reddick. I don't think you're going to get any better on DraftKings or FanDuel or BetMGM whenever those odds drop. I think somebody had posted that Superbook had 11 to one when they dropped, which they had an early drop alongside Barstool. God, I would you yeah, just when you look at the track record for Tyler Reddick and when you look at what Toyota did last year here, I think it's seven or not seven, nine to one is the best we're going to see. We know how good Tyler Reddick is at qualifying, sat on the pole for one of these races last year. If that happens, nine to one will be gone. I think seven and a half to one will be gone. I think you could be looking at six to one by the time we, we see the green flag on Sunday if he qualifies well and practices well, which I think he will. And I did add one more bet. Uh, same thing, Barcelona Sportsbook. We talked about him a second ago. Ryan Blaney, 20 to 1. I think Blaney's just at a spot right now where he's running well just about everywhere, right? We talked like Dover is an awful track for him. Kansas, on the other side, is a track where he has performed well, just has never gotten the finishes, has always had really, really bad luck in the latter half of these events has been in position to win a couple times, bad luck, bad circumstance, wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, clearly team Pinsky is missing something at some of these tracks like Logano, obviously Logano and Cedric were really bad at Dover. They didn't bring a lot here last year, but I just got to think that if, if somebody's going to lead the Pinsky charge, and a guy that's finished second and third in the last two races, I am someone who does believe in momentum. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Ryan Blaney is that guy. And this isn't. This probably isn't something I would take at 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 or 14 to 1, but 20 to 1 I think is a good price for another guy that could sit on the pole, that could qualify really well. Go back to Las Vegas. Joe Logano was on the pole. Blaney was up there. That's that's one of the keys here. If they practice and qualify well, you won't see this line exist anymore. And I think Blaney has a, a really good shot at running up in the top five, in the top three, and contending for another win as he's done two consecutive weeks. So 20 to one is is a very, very good price that you can have minimal risk and not feel too badly about. And it's a line that I don't think will hang around on race day. Yeah, so those are my three guys. I do like that. And I went ahead as you were talking and I had to go ahead and just do this after looking, I did get Caesar's odds pulled up. I saw that I could have got Elliot at 12 to one <laughs> instead of 11 to one. I went ahead and took him at 11 to one though. It is what it is. Um, but I was looking over here on Caesars and I see that they have Bubba Wallace at 12 to one as well on Barstool Sportsbook 20 to one. I, I had Kurt last year in the spring at Kansas bagged that one at 20 to one. And then I had Bubba last year here at Kansas bagged at 20 to one. My whole reasoning was basically on 45 was good. Just run it back. And that's exactly what I did. And I swept Kansas last year. 
But guess I, who's in the 45 now? I understand. It's Tyler Reddick. However, I will say this. I want to hold on for hope that I will see Reddick open on DraftKings or FanDuel at least 10 to 1 or longer. And that's when I'll get it. I don't want to get him under 10 to 1. Um, I, I want to just see what happens. And if I miss it, I miss it. You know, and, and I know, like you say, you don't think we're going to see him go any any longer than nine to one. That's fine. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm either gonna. I'm either gonna eat eat shit, or I'm gonna be like, all right, I'm. I'm satisfied. I'm good here. But I went ahead and uh and took Bubba Wallace twenty to one as well. Um, and I just logged that on Action Network. I just. I. I have to. I, it must I, be nice to not have to go travel. 30 minutes to an hour to place a fucking so bed. nice man i was just sitting right here while we're recording this boom did it put the money on it we're good had us a nice little day with that live bet with mtj so i went ahead and so i've already got three outrights now logged there's probably going to be maybe another one maybe one or two more i can't wait for top 10 odds to open up i definitely want to get some ricky stenhouse top 10 depending on how long that is think he's another one and dude i love red dog i really hope red dog gets it done this weekend because i always go back to that one race where he was running the 31 with rcr i remember when i first started writing dfs with roto baller just seeing him get that top 10 in that car and i'm like damn this kid is good so yeah i want to get red dog if i can but i I really want to get him 10 to 1 or longer i think that's i don't think it's crazy to wait you know i I just i feel like the markets are just not gonna budge uh i'm honestly surprised when i bet it it didn't move but we'll see i think once more volume falls down on it it's gonna be uh i don't think it's gonna hang around long but this is a tough i think anything else i'm gonna wait on practice and qualifying because this unlike dover like dover i kind of saw it as like either you know a hendrick guy like elliot or larson is gonna win or a gibbs guy like Truex or Hamlin is going to win, and then Roth Chastain. That's kind of how I saw it. I had some sprinkles on RFK, but those were, you know, those were big time underdog plays. Um, in case there was pandemonium, which a lot of us thought there would be, with the the Logano's tire courting in practice. And I, I I I hate that I didn't mention this, but it's fucking hilarious that we all were panicking, thinking that this was going to be a tire madness type of race because of Logano's tire courting early in practice, it turned out it was only a fucking Logano problem. It was just a Logano problem. I mean, there were some, there were some flat tires like Harvick and Gibbs. And there were a few guys that started cutting tires down at the very end of really long runs, but it was not a fucking, you know, an epidemic of tire failures. Like we thought it would. It's just hilarious that we kind of all took that bait. I definitely took that bait a little bit when I made some bets. So, um, Goodyear has been pretty good. I, I feel like NASCAR's done a great job with Goodyear. I feel like they definitely have figured out the 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 ingredients they need to make sure that we don't have those issues. It, it definitely has to do a little bit more with tire pressure. I feel like, and I think that they've kind of gotten that shaved out. Um, so we'll we'll see how that transpires. I I really don't mind the Logano uh, line at all. Another one too. You we, you you mentioned Kevin Harvick today. Uh, he's eighteen. 18 to one right now over on barstool and uh they have him at 22 to one over on caesars 
I might. 22 to 1 is kind of tempting. But it's very tempting. Well, Stuart Haas just hasn't. They just have not had the speed on, on these kind of racetracks. I know Harvick won Michigan last year. Good, comparable racetrack that has some correlation. But he did it through mere strategy, through a, a lucky yellow flag. And we talent. have to remember that. Talismans, too. Yes. Yeah, oh. that was some magician-type shit that happened at Michigan last year, which was cool, but... He didn't win by pure speed, and we got to remember that. Now, what I was saying earlier before I just remember the Logano thing is at Dover, I thought there was like maybe five guys that could win this race. This weekend, now that we know we're assuming 23XI is going to be good, uh, you you got to consider both track house guys are going to be good. I think you got to consider Kyle Busch. Wasn't great at Vegas, but won Fontana. You got to consider the Hendrick guys. Of course. And you got to consider all the Gibbs guys, I think, except for Ty. So, I mean, dude, this one, until we see practice and qualifying, I think this is a really, really tough one to gauge because I could see right off the bat 11 to 12 guys that stick out to me that could have a legitimate shot at winning this race, right? So, you know, I hate that I have three outrights already, but, you know, Daniel swears at 40 to 1. I think is a good is a really good price. Look, just gave us some good shit, man. And I think I think Blaney and Reddick at those prices are just not gonna stay. I just don't think you're gonna be able to grab those when Sunday comes around. So um I think I think I feel good about what I have right now, but no more. No more. I'm not even gonna bite at the top tens. I'm not gonna bite at anything until I see cars at the racetrack. I can't wait to bet on qualifying for this. Yeah. I feel good. I feel real good about qualifying, but I want to see odds. We just got to get the odds out. Yes, sir. We should have those sometime. Usually we'll see those on a Wednesday, Wednesday night. Uh, when I do NASBETS live on TikTok, they usually drop right around that time. So, um, and then also maybe Thursday morning. But you all know that qualifying is a Dale Center exclusive for me. So if you want to see my qualifying picks, you have to watch Dale Center on Thursday. On YouTube, if you haven't subscribed to Garage Guys YouTube yet, I highly encourage you to get over to YouTube right now. Just type in Garage Guys NASCAR Podcast. You're going to see that Dale Center is live weekly. Greatest motorsports betting show ever. I don't care what anyone says. Dale is a fantastic host of that show. Uh, Great guests that are on there have my segment, Chase for the Cup. You have to be watching that if you're betting on NASCAR or IndyCar or Formula One, any motorsports period. Who knows? We might have we might have Sheldon Creed talking Supercross on there before long. Yeah. <laughs> so he's always God, he's a big, uh, Chase Sexton. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a big Supercross guy. Yep, yeah. But yeah, make sure that you watch that. Uh, you can catch me if you do have TikTok. Not a lot of people do. You can catch me on Wednesday nights, NASBETS Live. We talk a little bit of betting and a little more about storylines and what's happening and just random stuff. We like to have a good time and party. Yeah, I see you've been doing some uh, some TikTok Live stuff as well with iRacing, which is pretty awesome. So you can go hang out with Dale and uh, why he does some iRacing, learn a little bit about his uh, his strategy that he does out there on the tracks, take the time. Is that it? Hashtag. Yeah. You just get a lot of severe anger issues. That's that's what you see. Dude, I meant to say this, and this is the last thing I'll say. I um last race at Dover I did on stream and I recorded it. I want to make a clip out of it. Josh Berry was in the race with me. It was him and in the trucks. 
way. Yeah, and lap one, I was joking. I sent him a, a private DM on live stream. I was like, I just got wrecked in the last race. Like, you better watch out. Like, obviously, just mess with him. I'm not going to go fucking wreck him. Uh, he didn't respond. Uh, <laughs> lap one, you know, me and him, I'm starting like 14th. He's starting like 16th or something. Lap one, somebody spins in turn one. We avoid him. And out of nowhere, Josh Berry just flies up the track and just fucks me up, dude. And we both like exploded. And I immediately knew it was him. He didn't mean to do it, but he he got hooked by the guy that wrecked. And we both just died right there. Oh, my God. And I was like, Josh, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? <laughs> it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault, but it's just hilarious because I was messing with him about wrecking him jokingly, and then he somehow just fucking pile drives me into the wall on the first lap of the race. We're the only two guys out of the race, too. Wow. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate you. That's the beauty of iRacing, man. iRacing is like is like the the Twitter of like race car drivers. Like, you know, you go you go to Twitter so you can talk to celebrities or anybody that you want to talk to. You go to iRacing. That's a good analogy. To race with uh with with all the the real professional racers. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I get that question a lot when I do the streams. It's like, do you ever race with drivers? And I'm like, yeah, like all the time. Like they're always on there. It's, it's it is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a dope thing. I I will I don't know if I'm ever gonna get into that space, but uh I will still hold my title as honorary iRacing crew chief. Maybe make you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something to make sure that you're you're not getting too hungry. Right? Yeah. That might be what you're best at anyway. So I think that's what I'm gonna stick to. And arcade games. Big art big Mario Kart guy. We'll stick to that. But, yeah, this has been a great show. Can't wait to talk some more bets with you guys for Kansas. Hope everybody enjoyed the race weekend. F1, IndyCar, Andover. Mostly IndyCar and NASCAR, though. Not so much F1. But it existed. It's there. Um, so I yeah, watched it. Yeah, you watched it. Uh, the Miami GP is coming up this weekend. Boy, it'd be crazy if we could end up there somehow. Who knows? That would be pretty crazy. Mondays are for Martin, but not, not for uh, – Released from prison or parole. <laughs>